Thank you for joining us today. There's two truths uh, on spiritual warfare I would like to share today that uh, added to the list. And uh, the uh, first one happened uh, when I was, it was in 1940s, um, probably 1947, 1948. I was a senior in, or junior or senior in high school when this happened. And I grew up in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of blessings of growing up in a big city. Also a lot of downers, but there's also a lot of benefits. And at that time, the zoo uh, in Los Angeles was free, so that you could go to the zoo. Um, and we made many trips at different times to the zoo, because as a family, it's something we could do and not have to pay for it and have a picnic at because it was in Griffith Park, which is very huge. In fact, a very uh, well-known company was right outside of Griffith Park, and my cousin worked there, and it was called Disneyland, Disney, Walt Disney Studios were there. And I had the privilege of going through and seeing the, uh, the artists that did uh, Snow White, the ones that drew them, and, and they were telling me the struggles they had, and you know, should he eat the soap and then bubbles come? And they were this, they're a bunch of crazy artists. And I really enjoyed my time there with them. But I was at the zoo at this one time. And the zoo was sit situated, if you've seen the Hollywood sign, it's in the mountains over uh, Hollywood Boulevard and Hollywood and all. But those that chain of mountains goes quite a long range. It goes almost to the ocean and then ends in Griffith Park. And so, <clears throat> uh, and this chain of mountains has a real part in what happened here. So the zoo is set in the hills. And so you've got this hills around the zoo. Now I'm sure it's not that way today, but in those days it was. So you have a sounding board around, well, I was in the zoo and I was at where the monkeys are and they have the monkeys because Los Angeles has usually really good weather. Uh, the monkeys are like almost open. They're, they're steel cages, but they're outside and the monkeys are all over and they put them by groups of monkeys. Well, so I was standing in front of the monkeys and the lion roar. The lions were way up at the very top of the zoo. And that roar hit the hills and echoed. I mean, it gave you the chills. <laughs> you know, it's not like the roar of the lion who's in the, when they start a movie and he roars in the old days. This is for real. And uh, I mean, everybody's chilled and, they, and the monkeys went wild. They're screaming, they're, they're warning all other monkeys of the lion that's running around roaring loose and the woman says to me you think there's a lion loose in here says, i don't know, <laughs> you know but, but i hope not <laughs> i mean the whole zoo it affected the whole zoo because all the animals were trying to warn their species with their howling or whatever i mean it was like just pandemonium what was the word i'm trying to think of uh out of control <laughs> the zoo was out of control but there was one in control, and that was the Roaring Lion. 
Uh, and it was just unbelievable. So I had to make my way back to see if he was loose or not. I don't know what I would have done if the line was loose, but I had to go, a teenager, you know, little, they uh, do stuff and think about it two weeks later. So <laughs> I went back to see, but the lion was still caged and he's finally got too tired of roaring and he stopped roaring. Now, it's interesting. I, I wanted to share that with you because I experienced that fear down my back that maybe there's a lion loose. And all the animals thought he was loose and all the different animals are warning their own kind with their own sounds. So you had pandemonium from a lion roaring. And um, there's a good verse that I want to share with you. And that is in uh, 1 Peter. Uh, Satan has is called many things in scripture. And there are things that he is limited to and things that limit us and how we deal with him. Because God tells us. And I want to read this to you. You want you may want to get your own Bible and look at it, but it's 1 Peter 5, verse 8. He says, Be sober-minded, be alert, your adversary. So Satan here is called an adversary. He said, Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion. Now I know what that looks like, what that sounds like. Looking for anyone he can devour. The word devour in the Greek is interesting. It, it's not Satan's going to chew on you. That's not what he says. He's going to swallow you whole. That's what devour is. It's just, just gulp you down. He's just going to overwhelm you with fear. And, he's, and then he says, he doesn't say cast him out. Because you can't cast out Satan. Jesus says, you have an enemy, and there's things that he can do. You need to know what he can do, and then how do I respond to what he can do? There are times, yes. I mean, if you've been listening to some of the other new stuff we put on the web, where I tell of being able to set people free from demonic spirits and so on. Well, demonic spirits and Satan are not the same. Satan is the king, or Satan is over, just like a, a, a believer is not the same as Jesus. I'm under him and so on. I have certain responsibilities. So we need to know that if we're dealing with the enemy, actually the enemy himself and not the demonic world, this is Satan himself, he tells us what we can do. Because what happens when he is trying to devour your family? What happens when he's trying to devour you? First of all, he says, resist him. The word resist is interesting in the Greek. It means to push away, not to allow to remain or enter. So we're to push him away. We're to shove him away. Resist him. Firm in the faith. I'm not moving. You are. You're not running my life. See, fear is to run me. I'm standing still and saying, no more. I'm not running anymore. I'm standing against this fear. I'm standing against the roaring, and I'm resisting you. Um, so Satan's looking for people to devour, that totally control me through fear, but I'm to resist him firm in the faith. How strong is your faith? Say, so do you believe the word of God? Do you believe the word 
a God enough that when you come under attack, you can stand on the truth and resist him. That's what he's saying. Stand on what you know is true and resist him. And he's saying, resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering that are you're being you are being experienced so your fellow believers are throughout the world see so it's not unique that uh, there's fear in america or fear in mexico or fear somewhere else satan operates on fear and so we're told to stand in truth and resist him don't let that fear run your life that's what he's saying and there there um satan releases uh spirits of fear and they are to control you into control and you're to stand firm in the truth and resist so you can't cast satan out but you can resist him and we need to realize there's places in scripture and if you have watched some of the other videos that have just recently been or, or messages that have been released we talk about many of the reservations that I've been in across the United States and in Africa where we did do deliverance where it was a demonic spirit not Satan himself but an underling and those you can push them out and and they can be set free of those kinds of spirits so that was the one truth I wanted you to know and that is the the idea of fear and then how that fear was passed on in that zoo you know what I mean <laughs> one lion one roar and everybody is affected because how they responded affect others so if you have someone in the family that is fearful and they don't deal with that it can make the whole family fearful after a while I mean there's uh, you know people that call us and I feel sorry for their family because if they're not fearful they're upset because the family's not afraid like they are um, and so fear is is a, a, a tremendous torment if you've had a spirit of fear it, it's 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 not a fun thing to go through but I need to stand in truth and resist now I want to go to one other truth I want to share with you that really opened my eyes i was you know i read scripture i don't know how many times until i started believing the enemy was real then what i read about the enemy started being real you know it's not just a fairy tale it's not just something the movie industry does but i want you to go and this fact this is important whenever god gives a truth twice in scripture he wants you to get it you know, he only has to give it once but I want you to go to Matthew. Uh, I'm going to use Matthew. Uh, it could be Matthew or Luke. Uh, both of them talk about this. But this is, uh, when I saw this, I was amazed. Um, and it opened my eyes a, a lot. Uh, this is in Matthew chapter 3, the end of chapter 3. This is one of those glorious times in the life of the Lord Jesus. It was a spiritual high. And you may have had spiritual highs. It's just like, I can't take anymore. I remember one time when I was pastoring my first church, 
and I was really down and discouraged and uh, laying on the couch because it was so cold I had to put wood in the <laughs> in the uh, wood stove in the living room to keep us all from freezing to death. So I just laid on the couch because you the wood only lasts so long and then put wood in again. And I remember I was just ready to quit and just felt like, what am I doing here? And, you know, up here, I'm a city person and I'm not accepted and all that kind of stuff. And God really met me. Uh, I've never had an encounter with God like that before or since. But it was almost as if Jesus stood right by me and just told me to chill it. <laughs> that wasn't his words, but that was exactly what he's saying. Wait a minute, you know, don't let your, my mind was just going all over the place. Now, <clears throat> so I want you to, I'm going to read to you one of the most wonderful experiences in the scripture, and it was Jesus' baptism. Now, I've been involved in a lot of baptisms. Um, I've baptized in lakes. I've baptized in rivers. I baptized in the ocean, and it was wonderful. It was at Maui, and we were baptizing believers. I'm telling you, when you baptize in a public place, people come to see what are you doing? And I know they're wondering, why are we trying to drown these people in the ocean in Maui? <laughs> and everybody's coming off the sand and standing around because they're giving their testimony. And we were singing. And we had one gal that could sing Hawaiian. Uh, if you've ever heard that, I can't explain it. They sing extremely high, but it's not, it's not like fingers on a blackboard. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. And so we were singing, and then her, her Hawaiian type of the way they deal with it, I don't know how you call it, but whenever she came to church when I was in Hawaii, I loved her being there because she would do that sing a, almost an octave above where the congregation was singing, but in a muted, beautiful way. So here we are, we're singing, and these people are coming, and I know they're wondering, what in the world are we you know, why are we dunking these people in the ocean and all of that? And what a blessing it was because they're hearing their testimonies, sharing how they found Christ and how they want to follow him. And we had a, I don't think you could have gotten uh, that kind of a crowd at a beach in Hawaii any other way, <laughs> you know, but drowning people in the ocean, that, that, that got people's attention. So, I had to baptize one time, and this is my, it's me. Uh, I was pastoring a church, it was really cold in the winter, and so we borrowed a church and we baptized in their baptistry. It was the most awful experience I ever had. I felt like I was in a bathtub, warm water, it was just sickening. <laughs> oh, this. All the all the believers are there. There's not an unbeliever in the crowd wondering why are we dunking this guy in the water, you know. I thought, oh, how it's missed because the old days it was done outside and crowds came. Uh, today we take it inside and it's a, often it's even a different time at the church and a few people come and watch people get dunked in warm water. 
So I know <clears throat> you say I'm old and crazy and I already know I'm old and, and everybody knows me knows I'm crazy. So you haven't made a, a new discovery at all. I, I just don't like being forced into uh, patterns of religion kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, the, a baptism is a very special time in a lot of people's lives. And I want to read about Jesus' baptism and then to give you a warning. Um, they, um, Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. Um, and so the scripture says when he went under and when he came up from the water, he went up immediately from the water and the heavens suddenly opened for him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming down on him and a voice from heaven said this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased I'll tell you I've never been in a baptism service like that one that one was awesome God speaking the heavens open angels and all of that and it was a, a spiritual high. I want to warn you about spiritual highs. What followed the angels speaking at Jesus' baptism? Immediately, the devil. And I, I want to warn you, if you have a spiritual high, expect the enemy to show up and you come under attack. It doesn't seem fair, but I'm just telling you, I, I, you know, I've been in, I'm not a new Christian. <laughs> I've kind of been in the game for a long time, and I've seen this again and again. Our spirit, our, our church would have a wonderful spiritual high, and then immediately a downer. Something would happen. People would be upset, or things would happen, like to, to it almost like ruins what just happened? And so be prepared. If you're blessed personally, your family is blessed, be in prayer. Because Satan does not like seeing the blessings of God coming on a group of people. He wants to, if he can, rob you of that or whatever. So I want you to look at what happened. And that is to go to uh, Matthew 4. Now Matthew 3 is that wonderful experience with opening but he right afterwards uh, see Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil not by evil but by the devil <laughs> he he went after him and that was after a spiritual high you have a spiritual high in your life expect the enemy to show up to try to pull you down or to rob you of that experience or whatever and so after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And then the tempter, who is real, approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And it's interesting, Satan used three experiences of the Lord. All three were experiences he was going through to handle it apart from God. 
not handle it God's ways. And so the enemy knows where you're vulnerable. He was vulnerable. He, you ever read Jesus' life that he's ever told to make stones and to bread? Ever again? No. But he had fasted. He was hungry. It was an opportunity possibly, you know, because of his hunger, Satan could get a hold. And he, and he answered him. And he said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but every word proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, if you go through Matthew 4 or Luke 4 and look at Jesus' temptation, he always used scripture to come against Satan. He didn't cast him out because Satan does what he does. I mean, Satan is created and he has certain things he can do and we're told what he can and can't do as a person. The demonic spirits are a different thing. They're under him, but Satan himself. And so there are three times that Satan tempts Jesus and three times Jesus used scripture against him. So we learned something. Number one, if you look at the scripture, it's from Deuteronomy, and you will find that Jesus did not quote scripture word perfectly. Now, why? Now, I'm, what I'm telling you is very significant if you want to have spiritual health in your life. Couldn't the word of God, it says, the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Couldn't he quote scripture word perfectly? But he didn't. So, and I, I wrestled with this, you know, you go to John, and John says, yeah, the word became flesh and fell among us, and so on. Surely he could quote scripture word perfectly. I mean, he's the author of scripture. Well, why didn't he? Well, he was telling us something. It's an example. And then the next time he's tempted, he used scripture from Deuteronomy, but he paraphrased it, and he used it against Satan, and Satan left. So if you don't have a King James Bible, you're sunk because you've got to have all the these and thous if you're going to quote it word perfectly for Satan to leave. Now, see, there's other truths in scriptures. Now, I've wrestled through this, and I'm telling you, just listen to me because I don't want to see you. Just but put on the shelf because you didn't really know the truth. The scripture does not say the word from the word the word by word from the word will set you free. The truth will set you free. Could Jesus have quoted scripture word perfectly from any Bible you're reading and the enemy leave? Yes, but he didn't. Why? Because he knows most of us know more truth of scripture than we do word by word. I'm not telling you not to memorize. I was involved with the navigators and they would you know, hit your fingers with the bumper of a car, if you didn't memorize scripture word for word, you had to have every verse in all the these and thou's right in the right order and everything, which I'm glad for that. But see, the truth will set you free. And Jesus is giving this example here. Against Satan, he didn't quote scripture word perfectly. He quoted truth of scripture and Satan eventually left. This... I can't tell you how this can change your life. And I've been with missionaries all over the world. And when they saw this, it's truth that sets you free. I know the truth of Scripture. I don't have to try to get my Bible and find out where's that verse. I know there's a verse here somewhere 
and Ecclesiastes or something. <clears throat> yeah, I'll find it, you know. No, truth. That's why you need to be reading scripture and knowing the truth. And so when the enemy sends lies to you, the second thing I want you to take <clears throat> from this part of the message I'm giving you is that after a spiritual high, Satan will come. You better know that. You're saying, why, why am I so down? It was so wonderful, I'm, I'm down. Well, Satan sees you on riding up in the clouds, and I'll tell you, he sends an arrow there to make the clouds all rain, <laughs> and they go away. Uh, it's just amazing, you know, after the highest point in Jesus' life, except at the cross, where the heavens open and God is speaking and the angels are there, immediately Satan comes. And know that if your church is being blessed right now with a revival or whatever's going on, it's just saying, oh, there's, we're recapturing missions and everybody's excited about it. Be praying because Satan doesn't want that revival. Satan doesn't want that renewal of, of spiritual energy and excitement. Uh, he wants to let the air out of the tires. And so um, learning about spiritual warfare is a wonderful thing, but it also gives you, puts a tremendous responsibility on you. You now know what a lot of believers don't know. They see what is happening, and you're starting to figure out what is happening. I know what is going on here. This is not just happening. There's someone who's going around like a roaring lion, with fear, but there's other things that Satan is able to do, and we need to know, and he says, then resist him, and resist him with truth. And so when you get a Bible and you start reading it, Satan trembles, because you're learning truth, and he knows that once you know truth, he can't get you there. He'll go where you don't know, if he can, because once you know, and it was so interesting with all the fears I had and everything. I started getting a fear and I'm going, I'm not going there. <laughs> you know, you're out of here. <laughs> I'm just not buying that anymore. You know, what if they don't like me? That's okay. You know, I don't have to be liked by everybody. There's no rule that everybody has to like you. There's no rule you have to be, you know, the, everybody in the church when you walk by bows down. I really, I, I've seen some of those churches. I really like that, but none of my churches bowed down when I walked by. They go, no, there's a pastor. <laughs> yeah, praise God. You know, I, I, warfare, I'm not making light of warfare, but I'm not making heavy either. I know whose side I'm on. I know that we won. I know that scripture has told us what Satan can do and what he can't do. And I am to stand and resist. And I resist him with truth. If you know scripture, word perfectly, quote it. That's wonderful. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be learning and memorizing scripture. But the scriptures I've memorized that I, for the navigators years ago, that probably if I quoted them today, I might miss a word or two, but that doesn't mean Satan's gonna say, well, I know one time I was quoting scripture and the person that I was dealing with had a demonic spirit and the spirit spoke to me and said you quoted it wrong and I said I know uh, you know I, I, 
this, this, there's some humor in, in, in warfare, and those who've been here and worked with me, because for years we took people and helped them be set free from demonic spirits in our office week after week after week for years. So we've dealt with spirits in different cultures, different countries, and all, but it's all the same. It's the same battle, and the enemy will try to make you go after what he thinks you don't know to get you discouraged or fearful or afraid or whatever. Uh, you know, I, it's, there's a video, uh, Paul just put it on, but I, I think I want to share it with you, you'll get it. But it was, a, I was speaking at a, at a conference of Christian campers, uh, that not Christians that camper, but people that run camps. It was for people in Christian ministries, United States ministries, not overseas, but here. So I was speaking there, and one of the, the men who was over a mission said, my son has a problem with uh, seeing um, horrible faces in, in our um, motorhome in the, the light, that, that square, little square things. When he would look up and there would be a face looking at him, a demonic face and so on. And he said, would you meet with him? And I said, I'd be glad to. Um, and then I said, Lord, I've never done this before. You know, I, I've dealt with a lot of things, but not demons that reflect themselves like that. Give me some wisdom. So we're going to go meet in the motorhome, just him and me. The dad took me down there. And, I, and so the kid's going up the stairs in the motorhome. And he, I don't know how old he was nine, ten years old. I mean, he wasn't real old. He turned around and looked at me and he said, are you good at this? <laughs> and I thought, oh, no one's ever asked me that. Hey, I'm the guy. <laughs> what do you mean am I good at this? <laughs> and I said, yes, he said, I'm sure glad because i got big problems. <laughs> and so <laughs> we walked in and he told me about seeing these horrible faces and how frightening it was and so on. And I told him what to do. And so we left. And uh, the next day, uh, he came to me and he said, guess what happened last night? I said, I don't know. What happened? He said, oh, one of those faces was there. I said, what would you do? I said, in the name of Jesus, leave. I said, what happened? He said, well, it laughed. <laughs> Praise God. Even kids can get it, you know? <laughs> you know, he, had, he just believed that God had greater strength than the one that was trying to spook him out. Well, let me pray for you. I, you know, I... I take warfare seriously, I really do. I've spent so many years doing it, but I don't let it run my life. And I don't go to bed in fear. And uh, I want you to know what scripture says, that truth can set you free. And that's what Jesus used when Satan came to him, and you know truth. So you need to be reading your scriptures. You know, the, the word of God is true. Read your Bible, know the truth. Just read through books and all of that. Devotional material is wonderful. I have it. But Jesus never used devotional material against the enemy. He used the Word of God. So devotional materials can be helpful, but the Word of God is the key. The, the scriptures can set you free. Father, I just thank you for those that are watching and listening. And Lord, that they may realize that Often after a spiritual high of some sort where you answered prayer in a marvelous way or provided 
financially for them, they were hurting, or however, that often the enemy is lurking to come in and to let the air out of their tires, just like it happened to Jesus. After his baptism and the angels and all that tremendous display of, of God's uh, love for his son, and immediately the enemy showed up. And so, Father, I pray that we would not be unwise or uninformed about the spiritual battles that the scripture tells us and the power of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.